Welcome to another live edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here, and it's uh, it's another beautiful, beautiful day to uh, to 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 come to you and and be out here uh, in in these uh, in this day and age. Um, I'm at a loss for words, actually. Um, but I got some I heard special guests that might be. Special guest that might be calling in. Hey, but uh, on today, today's show, April 10th, is a special show. Got to give a shout out to my brother from another mother, A.D. Drew, celebrating a birthday today and came to work. Got That's what I'm talking about, dedication. My man, Drew, happy birthday. How you doing, my man? Hey, man. Uh, everybody keep asking me, how, how do I feel today? I feel the same way that I felt yesterday at 49 years and 364 days. So so today's the uh the big 50. The big 50. 50. 50. I feel like we should be 50 piece. I feel like we should be 50 piece half half century uh uh whatever other analogy uh that you want to put uh on, on 50. Congratulations, brother. Congratulations. Hey, anytime a black man can make it to 50, it's a beautiful thing. You know, the, the odds the odds were against you from birth, <laughs> brother. So uh, congratulations, man. And, uh, you know, I don't believe it's all downhill. You still got more climbing to do. So don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable up here at 50, all right? <laughs> yes, yes, my brother. And, uh, you know, We'll see you soon. I'll just put it to you like that. Yes. Not not, not too soon, though. Not too soon. Just let me, let me, don't let these grades fool you. This is because I deal with, with with high schools and middle school kids. That's all this is. I, I'm shaving all this stuff off as soon as the summer comes, and I ain't got to see them kids no more. But anyway, uh, well, hey, while you're watching you wanna, show. You don't want to uh, see you with the baby face, man? I, I do want to see him with the baby face. You know, I want somebody to see me with the baby face. You know, right now, this is this is this is battle scars. This is this is my uh, war paint right now. Just to let him know I'm serious. You know, <laughs> don't get too comfortable. Don't get too comfortable. Hey, uh, while you're watching the show, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at my BCSN one, the number one. Make sure to uh, send out some birthday love. Hey, you know, we normally tell you to go ahead and support the show you know, by hitting us up at myjbn.com backslash support 
or we might tell you to to hit us up on our sponsorship page that you can find on Spotify. But I'm going to flip it up today. I'm going to tell you to go hit Drew up. Uh, Drew, I'm going to make you give out either your PayPal, not your PayPal, but your, your, your I don't know, maybe your Zelly, your Cash App, whatever you got. I'm going to tell you to put it out there on these, on these streets, Drew. We're going to start a collection. We're going to pass the plate. Pass the plate for Drew today. We gonna we gonna pass the plate. Look, it's, you got a you got a cup of coffee, a five, a ten spot. Help a brother be able to get a bottle later. You know that's how that's how we do. So we raising funds, passing the plate around, so that, so 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 my man Drew after the show can uh, can have enough to do delivery. He, we don't want him to have to go out to the store. We want delivery because you know they do delivery with that stuff. So. Uh, Drew, give out the what do you what do you want? Cash app, Zelly. How do you want people to bless you? Oh, I, uh, everybody should have a cash app, so we'll make it easy on cash app. And I'm I'm gonna throw it into the uh, I'm gonna throw it into the chat from the uh, on the YouTube and on the Facebook feed. All right, but, uh, so there it is. For those for those, for those who I will say it verbally this one time is dollar sign Coach Drew Ad. There you go. Dollar sign coach. Drew D-R-E-W A-D. Let's go ahead and let's let's support the show. You we, we don't know how well you folks out there support our show by how you show. It doesn't matter. Could be a dollar, could be five, could be ten. Whatever you're able to do, we appreciate it, man. Help my man be able to do delivery on that bottle tonight. Something good. No, no, uh, nothing, nothing that's gonna give a brother a headache because he might have to go to work tomorrow. You gotta go to work tomorrow? Mike, did you just say? Mike? All right, see that's that's Drew working man. See, working man, we go working man. We go to work. We go to work. That's what we do. So, hey, uh, look, we uh, again. And, and, and thank Brian, you for Brian, before we before before we go any further, I see some. I see some of my family actually uh, joining me uh, on this podcast today. So, okay, shout out to okay. all what the up, uh, to all the Drew family who's uh, who's joined thus far on the uh podcast and i uh, know my family uh by the time we get done they, they'll share this link and i have uh, all my brothers and sisters and cousins and nephews and aunties and nieces and everybody else on here so uh that that's gonna be that one in the ratings uh when we look at that algorithm that's gonna go like that <laughs> beautiful thing well shout out to the uh entire drew family for coming through. We continue to lift you all up in prayers and uh, we, we're going to sit here and we're going to celebrate AD as much as we can on the show today. Hey, uh, so this past weekend, big weekend in HBCU football and the landscape because uh, at least a dozen, maybe a little over a dozen schools had spring football games. By my account, Texas Southern had their spring game on Friday. Then yesterday, uh, Drew and I were in Tallahassee uh, at FAMU's spring game. Uh, I'm, I'm still chafed uh, from the cold, blistering hawk. That was uh, it was a beautiful day otherwise, but that hawk was memorable to say the least. Brian, you had sunshine. Because of how we had to produce the ONG strike zone, uh, a show that I don't even – I'm not even a part of on a normal – basis except i am behind the scenes a lot of time on it but you put the brother in the shade man how how you doing brother like that man you know that that i, I hate to say this drew this bad setup that was bad setup by the uh by the producer 
Because the producer, for some reason, when he came out there and set the tables up, he set the tables up in the shade, not taking into account the uh, cold weather. So, you know, I I, I just came out to, to do my part and help set up. But I'm going to put that one on the producer, wherever that guy is. <laughs> that would be me. Yeah. Nah. And, and, and um, I don't think I'm gonna say before we move off of that, Brian. And we said this yesterday. We've been to homecomings in November in Tallahassee that fit, that were warmer than it was warmer yesterday. than that. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Welcome to spring in Tallahassee. So don't let the don't let all the pictures and videos of the uh, beautiful beautiful sunshine. day otherwise. Yes, don't let that fool you. It was still uh, cool. It was nice sweatshirt hoodie weather um i can definitely say that so i, I want to know from those of you who were at some of these other schools what was the weather like at at alcorn who had their spring game mississippi valley state had their spring game southern had theirs as well north carolina central dell state norfolk state tennessee state edward waters had theirs uh virginia state lincoln pa albany state and morehouse all had spring games yesterday so if if you attended those games we want to hear from you a little bit later in the show we might be opening up our phone lines we want to hear from you let us know what you saw what you thought you know a lot of big questions go into spring games uh you know you're, you're hoping that you you begin to see at least a lot of the newcomers i, I think that's one of the main objectives i don't know if quarterback battles are won and lost as much as fans and media would like to think they are. But yeah, I was going to say, yeah, they're probably lost more than they're won. I I would agree with you on that. So uh, that's, that's just one of the, the takeaways from that. But overall, you know, and just a little bit of scouring of uh, Twitter and, and different social media, uh, all in all, it appears to be good. We'll probably have <clears throat> more updates throughout the week as more information continues to gather. What else? Uh, what else from the weekend, Drew, uh, has got your caught your attention? What? Uh, well, let's start off with uh, Dwayne Haskins, man. I know it's not HBCU related, but uh, you know. Dwayne Haskins had a tragic end to his life uh, on yesterday as he was hit by a vehicle. I believe it was a dump truck. And from what I've been able to see, he was he was out jogging. uh, Reports are kind of sketchy right now, but they said he was out possibly out jogging. I've I've read one report. Well, because. Just the, the picture of somebody jogging, that's a highway. It's a three, four-lane highway. Um, I want to say I read something about a car breakdown and him going. Uh, I don't know where I read this. I've, I've read and seen so much from the ridiculousness to the to some of the facts about what happened uh, to just some of the sympathy and outrage for different things that people have. Um, I don't know where I can't recall exactly where I read this, but that he, for whatever reason, appeared to be crossing over the three, four lane uh, highway. And that's where 
<clears throat> this uh, this tragedy occurred. And so yeah. a lot of questions come up as, you know, I think anybody with any curious person would begin their thoughts as to why. And I don't want to speculate because there's no timeline there to suggest what a lot of people have speculated. But again, it does make you wonder why. And then regardless of the why, you just come to the to, the hard, cold facts that a 24-year-old young man uh, is no longer on on this earth. He's no longer there with his family, his his team, his support system, uh, his friends. And it's a lot of people that uh, that will miss Dwayne Haskins and that, you know, that's it for right now. You know, all, all the other stuff, yeah. honestly, you know, is, is irrelevant to me. It is fascinating from, from a curiosity and how we handle things and how we process information, how we react to, to things that, that people say it is fascinating. If you're into that kind of stuff to, to watch the social, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the social, uh, the, 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 just the social responses that are out there. But at the end of the day, when you put the focus back on the young man, we don't know why. And that's the, that's the sad part. And that will be the hard yeah. part, I would imagine, for his, for his family. Correct. Well, as, as somebody who's just as everybody know, I've uh, gone through this recently with a uh, passing in my family and the uh, public passing of some someone in my family. And when I say public, because when people are a, uh, such as my sister, such as Dwayne Haskins, uh, public figures, you know, all the media speculation comes in as far as the who, what, when, where, and why. No one knows. It's really not our job to know. You have police investigators who will who will handle those who will handle those things. The one thing, and I empathize with the Haskins family, is that now the family needs their privacy. Number one, that everybody wants to speculate. Everybody wants to talk about what happened. Why was he doing this? You know, what was he crazy? Was he this? Who? cares about all that stuff the fact is the brother is no longer here with us and all the media speculation what he was doing why he was there uh what the other person was doing who was driving the vehicle you know let's think about that someone struck him it we, we i hope it was not intentionally but the fact that that person has to deal with that trauma in his life for the rest of his life mm-hmm. so there's a lot to unfathom here you've got to give the stuff time to play out get the get the haskin family your thoughts and your prayers with them give the driver of the vehicle his uh thoughts and prayers with the driver of the vehicle it, because it's it's a traumatic thing for all parties involved Trust me, uh, when you read all the 
fake news and the false reports uh, uh, that that will be that will come out over the next two, three, four weeks. The the family ju- it just has to sit there. And it's like uh, here we go again with this crap. So Haskins family, I understand. Yeah. Um, well said. Uh, coming up a little bit later in the show, we're hoping that Charles Edmond from the Alcorn Sports Radio Network will be joining us. Uh, Charles can give us uh, some information on Alcorn State spring game, who was this weekend. You know what? I may not have mentioned in my list, and, and this wasn't done on purpose, so I don't want people to think that that I, did, I didn't have Jackson State on that list. Uh, they had a they had their spring game as well, and the only reason is because but it's not I the spring re- game. Yeah, because I think they're doing something April twenty fourth as well. So and right. I, that's what I uh, had. The game that they're doing on uh, ESPN, I believe. Well, so the, that's what I was trying to ask. That's what I was trying to figure out because the game yesterday I thought was on. I had heard somebody say or or post that it was on ESPN. I don't know if that was accurate. I know the one on the 24th was supposed to be on um, ESPN. But, um, yeah, so we'll we'll kind of see what's going on there. So we'll try to go through and break down some of these spring games that we had over the weekend. I thought it was kind of interesting as I watched um, – uh, some video from Tennessee State. Uh, Tennessee State appeared to have a, a a good showing. They did their spring game at Hale Stadium, and you know there is a, a push to try to get some some field turf down at Hale Stadium. That's one of the things that that uh, I'm hearing is, is being pushed for. Uh, but I know they had a good crowd. I've seen the videos. There's some good crowd. They had their band out. So I know, um, I know that's I know that's a a good crowd, and I, and I think people are excited. But one of the things I read in in an article had to do with uh, the Tennessee State players singing the alma mater, knowing the alma mater, and I was I was reading the article, and I'm thinking, well, they weren't doing that before. You know, um, so I, I was like, wait a minute. They weren't already, you know, pausing and, and singing, saluting to the alma mater when it's played, given the fact that uh, Rod Reed, who was a former Tennessee State player, was the head coach for about a decade prior to. I, 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 so I got to I got to find that article and see if I can find that article. Uh, I just saw. A uh, one of our posters that just said that was actually Jackson State's second spring game, so maybe that was the televised spring game for Jackson State. So, uh, like I said, we're I'm a little bit behind in terms of gathering all of that information because, like I said, we were in Tallahassee, and uh, I, uh, in terms of my sleep, you know, I found a I found a good little <laughs> found a good little rest stop. To uh, <laughs> to hunker down for for a few hours, yeah. Trust me, I did, I did not want to end up on the side of the road 
anywhere. So yeah, I had to make sure that on the way back, I found, um, I found a few spots, uh, to, to, to pull over and, uh, and, and, and rest. So I just got word that, yeah, Charles Edmond will be joining us here coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll get a chance to talk to him. Um, Drew also just, uh, a non HBCU sports related to NBA regular season comes to an end. The play in games will begin. So, for those of you, if you haven't been paying attention to the NBA, now you can start to pay attention because the playoffs are about to begin. So you can start to pay attention to the NBA. You may not know what's going on. Uh, you know, you may not know who's the favorite. Uh, maybe later on in the show, we'll give you a quick little two-minute summary to tell you what you need to know. But uh, I know a lot, of, a good portion of games are going to be starting around seven seven thirty tonight i think tnt's probably doing a uh end of the season uh special to kind of get people and they're still doing a playing game so if you wondered yes they're doing a playing game in the uh in the nba playoffs so you know seven eight nine ten uh will battle it out for two spots so interesting one game one game and you're done or one game you advance so again we'll share a little bit more of that coming up later. Um, all right, so let's do this. Let's take a break, come back, and we'll we'll share a little more and get ready for our interview with Charles Edmond, Alcorn State Sports Radio Network. He'll be joining us, and we'll get a chance to talk to him about just some of the news in the slack. Um, also, get a get an idea of what things are looking like for Alcorn in this upcoming spring. This is actually the first spring that they've had in, I want to say two years. So that would be about right. Yeah. Be about right. Did they do, did they do spring during the COVID year? They just did participate in, uh, I don't, I don't think they did. I don't, I don't think they, that that's a question for Charles. I, cause I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they did anything though. So we'll, we'll, we'll find out. So uh, let's take a break. We're watching the beast. You're watching, not me, but you. You're watching the BCS. We're watching it too because we got. I got my live feed right here. There you go. We're watching. You're watching the BCS in sports round. Let me get out of here, Drew. Uh, We'll be back in just a moment. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness. It's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. 
Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon, so now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language, and she really loves her grandson, like really loves. The top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 14th for the Black College World Series. The best black college baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for black baseball's ultimate prize. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. That's right. It's my man AD Drew's birthday today. So we appreciate you guys on the uh, YouTube feed, Facebook, wherever you are. Make sure to uh, to send out a little birthday shout out. Hey, and, and we're passing the collection plate. So, you know, anything that you can uh, drop in my man's uh, bucket. Uh, to bless him with a little birthday gift. It doesn't matter, dollar, five, ten, whatever you want to do to help help my man be able to get a bottle, uh, <laughs> so he can do delivery. We're trying to do delivery, folks. We don't want it. We don't want him to have to go uh, out of. T- uh, we don't want him to leave the house, the home studio. So, you know, whatever you can do is greatly appreciated. Normally, we would tell you, that, hey, go support the show, myjbn.com/support, or maybe on the uh, BCSM Pod Zone via. Spotify, you can support there as well. But today we focus in on Drew uh, Cash App, the you know the cash symbol, Coach Drew D R E W A D. That's what it is. So uh, we thank you in advance. Uh, coming up here shortly, Charles Edmond, Alcorn State Sports Radio Network will be joining us. Um, you know it'll be interesting to kind of see. You know, let me see who else is left from the SWAC. If I'm just looking spring games, Bethune has their spring game next week, uh, next Saturday. Prairie View A&M on the 23rd. Uh, UAPB on the 22nd. Alabama State on the 26th. And I'm not sure if Jackson State is having one on the 24th or not. I I had it originally written down as the 24th or maybe not. So, you know, we'll we'll hit that point where we'll come out of spring and we will will begin probably with about 140 days 
before the season, 135, 140. And we'll begin the the all-too-early speculation of what the swag will look like. <laughs> you know, Drew, that, that's what we do. You know, even though we still got – Does anybody you know, play football stuff? but the swag? Oh, yeah, that's right. The Act plays football. Oh, okay. Hey, I didn't know that. You know, Celebration Bowl champions, you know, hashtag national champs. Uh, yeah, I guess they do still play football there in the MEAC, but, you know, it's such, such a dominant force that the SWAC is, and 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 that and that's, that's just the reality of things. And that's because the brands, they're big, bold, uh, they, they back it up with band power, and, uh, yeah, they just got to win a celebration bowl. That's really all that is left for them to do because right now the MEAC has run roughshod over that thing. And the MEAC has run roughshod over that MEAC SWAC challenge, too. So that that's another thing that the MEAC continues to uh, to to, to kind of have a one-up on the SWAC. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll begin the speculation and kind of begin breaking down quarterbacks. A lot of schools are doing the junior day thing, Drew. That's another thing. Uh, social media – if you follow HBCU sports, your social media, your timeline, I mean, whether it be Twitter or Instagram, I'm not a heavy Instagram person, but I know on Twitter, it's littered with, you know, a lot of junior day pictures. You had a lot. I know Florida A&M had a big junior day uh, for the class of 2023. Alcorn State did as well. I wouldn't be surprised if other schools do something or did something similar where, you know, you're inviting the next group of recruits because most of these schools are already in the mode of they're beginning to recruit for 2023. You know, so that process has already started. Maybe you're trying to fill in a spot or two left for 2022 in the fall, but I'm sure that'll come via the transfer portal uh, or some nature like that. So, yeah. It's, it's um, the transfer inter- portal, Brian. Yeah, um, good. It's going to be interesting after all of these spring games are said and done to see who winds up in the transfer portal after that. And and that's on two sides. Uh number one, uh you've got players who realize right now they're number three or number four on the depth chart. There's already somebody who's supposed to be coming in in the uh, in the fall, who's not on campus, who's who that somebody's supposed to be coming in the fall who's not on campus. Number one, there's somebody who's rated ahead of them who's injured and just could not participate in spring workouts. Number two, and then you've got those recruits that those coaches have signed who may be slotted ahead of you right now. Those players are going ahead to the portal. Then there are going to be teams who realize, okay, we need another corner. We need another linebacker. We need another running back, what, whatever the case is. And then, of course, there's that team that's like, we don't need him, but if he in the portal, he that good, we're going we gonna to go after him, and we're going to try to get him, and he's going to bump somebody else out. So uh, just a couple of things to uh, – to uh to put out there when you think about the uh the portal there, Brian, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in about uh, about two to three weeks. You're gonna see you know see that last ditch effort in the portal. Well, I think what we saw it already the week right after Grambling's 
spring game last weekend, right? One of one of the quarterbacks, I believe Elijah, uh, I think it's Walker, is his last name. One of the quarterbacks, he put his name in the transfer portal right after basically the spring season was over. Um, you know, I've heard I've heard people very critical, and just in general, people were very critical of all of the quarterbacks uh, from Grambling after that spring game. But uh, yeah, that's uh, obviously I would guesstimate that the future with uh, Noah Biden is going to make its appearance this fall. Uh, So to me, if if you're Walker, obviously he came in with Fobbs. So with, with Broderick Fobbs, and so he'll he'll probably be looking to go somewhere else. But th- there's a there's a few other places, a few other schools where, uh, let's just say you know, kids are going to be looking for other opportunities elsewhere, and, and that's just the nature of it. I mean, look, we we have to begin to wrap our minds around where college athletics is right now. College athletics, you have the transfer portal. Call it free agency if that's what you want to call it. You know. Coaches aren't going to like it because they have to because there's less stability, okay. Um, but it's a it's a pro player system. NIL is in our in our life now, you know. That is another pro player movement happening, you know. And so coaches have to be more in tune with with all of these things with the NIL and transfer portal. But but more importantly, you know you. College is still college. You know, you still have to be able to graduate kids. How the transferring affects GPAs and your your status within the university system and then how the NCAA views your institution is one of those administrative worries because now you've got to be on top of your paperwork. At a high, look, if we thought being on top of paperwork was bad, before the transfer portal in NIL life, now you really have to be on your game. So uh, yeah, it's, it's more for everybody, but let's just keep it real, Drew. It's a lot of money being tossed around. I don't think it's too much to ask. I don't think it's, it, you know, you're asking people to do their job, do it well. And if you can't do the job, find someone else who can. You know, I think that's just where we're at uh, with things. Great. These days. And, and- Brian, do do we want to talk about the elephant in the room when it comes to transfer portal? Because the transfer portal it, it works works both ways. Okay, talk to me. Uh, obviously, uh, this week you know we had the reports from Grambling State University once again. The multiple media outlets reporting things and the conflicting stories that uh, the. Arkansas Pine Bluff head coach comes over to Grambling and after a, a couple of workouts this spring, cut everybody. Mm-hmm. Then there are, she cut everybody to bring her players from Arkansas Pine Bluff with her. These are, these are the first reports. Then there's a follow-up report saying that no, she didn't cut everybody. She was only bringing four or five players with her. Then there are other reports that players were offered, were not offered. Uh, you know, we saw a 
there have been a couple of people in HBCU media who have done podcasts. Uh, I won't call them out because they're not a part of the BCSN family, so I'm not going to give them uh, their shine on our on our show. But uh, yeah, it, 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 when it when it's all said and done, though, the freedom that these athletes have been afforded via the transfer portal to just come and go where they where they want, how they want to, for, for no reason. Well, student athlete, here to tell you, it goes both ways. That the the coach can right. cut you uh how what they want to and speak and speaking of Grambling, we've got a Grambling alum that's about to join us. Maybe he could give us his two cents on this uh conversation, Brian. <laughs> you want to bring it out. See, <laughs> you, <laughs> you should you, you shouldn't have been late to the party, my brother. That's not what he came here to do. That's not what he came here to do. You see, you see he's you see he's got on his polo. He's an official representative of Alcorn State. So we're not gonna ask him any questions about that other that other school that he graduated from. It's a good friend of the program, Charles Edmund, joining us. Uh, Charles, how you doing this evening, man? Good to, good to have you on with us. Oh, good evening, guys. How you doing? I said, I see, I walk right into a hornet's nest or a tiger's den, as as we would say. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, right. Sir. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, before we get into talking about all that other juicy stuff, uh, do you have any games that you did today? Uh, no, uh, actually not. Um, I did a little softball, um, and of course, spring football yesterday. And so I'm kind of balancing the scales a little bit. I'm doing, I'm kind of doing one weekend softball, one weekend baseball, and uh, just just kind of give the softball and baseball teams the equal love that they deserve. They gotta have their Charles Edmund in their life. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's awesome. I, I know Drew and I were just talking last week, and and we've talked with other people trying to find ways to to get more softball coverage in the spring. I, I know it's, it's hard. Um, you know, so much of us and, and there's so, I, I feel like there's a lot of us, but, but so many of us are focused obviously on the primary things until a story like this story happened that Grambling comes. And then all of a sudden now we want to talk about volleyball. It was like, no, no, John, no, no one wants to talk about volleyball in the fall or in the off season when there's a controversy, oh, well, let's talk about volleyball. Let's talk about the players and the coach and all that. Where was that? become volleyball experts all of a sudden. Yeah, well, not even you know, but but still, I I, I just I I'm 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 we, the spring is not Bro. just about football. We know football covers everything, and but we got to find ways to continue to uh, advance the discussion because I'm I'm personally bothered, Charles, by the fact that. And I put this on me, so I'm not putting this on anybody else, that I can't find, or maybe I haven't done enough research, but I can't find a softball name other than Monet Davis. And Monet Davis is in her second year of playing softball at Hampton. But in terms of names, like who is the name? Who is the face of softball right now? And I, you know, and and so that that bothers me. But as you talk about, as you think about coverage of softball. Charles, what what kind of or just non football basketball sports? What what are your thoughts there uh, on, on that topic? Well, softball is kind of like you know baseball, swag baseball. I mean, you can ask the same question for baseball as well. 
I think it's, it's the ultimate equalizer. It's the ultimate unknown. Because in softball, it's about making the tournament and it's about who gets hot come May 8th through the 12th. In baseball, it's who's going to get hot May 21st through the 25th or whenever the baseball tournament is. We don't talk about softball and baseball during the regular season, unfortunately. Uh, you know, I've been doing, you know, swag baseball since 1994. And I was the only one really doing it for a period of years until other folks started getting in on, on the action. And I'm glad to see that, but it's kind of tapered off a little bit again. I mean, but soft, softball, really, there's there's no one doing softball other than myself. And I'm not trying to you know, toot myself uh, or pat myself on the back here, but it needs to be done. I'm, I'm hopeful and prayerful that other schools get involved with it. I know you guys have asked and inquired about doing some online streaming with softball as well as baseball. And I hope that continues. I think throughout our conference in baseball, you know, what, what we're trying to do is at least put a camera up and show some, 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 some action. Is there any, you know, commentary behind it? Probably not, my guess. And I'm not criticizing. I think schools are doing the best they can with it. But I think it needs to improve, and uh, hopefully it will over time. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew, um, what do you what else what else you got for uh, for for Charles? Charles, before you got on, I'm not, I'm not supposed to do I'm not supposed to do you like that. You you're my brother from St. Louis. So I got I got to make sure I do you right. <laughs> uh, we we were having this debate, Brian and I. Did Alcorn participate in spring football during the year that they did not play spring football? Uh, could you answer that for us? Let's start off there. Well, when they did were they spring have, like spring, like did they have traditional spring practice in lieu of the year when they when they sat out uh, the the swag spring football season? Twenty twenty one. Yes. The answer to the question is yes. While other teams were playing games that mattered in the spring, Alcorn was having full court practice on the football field. They were they were going to work, they were practicing, and so you know they they went at it. You know the spring was the spring, and it, it was different because you know you're used to covering these teams in the spring with spring practice, and then you've got these games that are taking place. So. It was different, but, you know, you kind of knew how it was going to go. Um, there was some hope, you know, from outsiders that maybe there would be a change of heart, but it, that didn't happen. And uh, we didn't play in the spring. We, we had spring practice while other teams were playing spring football. It was very interesting, a very interesting balance, to say the least. So, so with that being said, uh, what – What's the difference now from what you saw last spring versus what you've been able to ascertain this spring as far as, you know, preparation, intensity, uh, you know, all, all those different factors. Is there a difference between what you saw last year and what, you, what you've seen thus far for uh, Alcorn? Absolutely. I mean, we are, we are going through a total transformation offensively and defensively. Of course, for the first time in like five years, we don't know who our starting quarterback's going to be. You know, it had been Felix Harper. It had been Noah Johnson. It had been John Gibbs. It had been Lenore's Footman. We knew coming in to the season who our quarterback was going to be. 
And for the first time in like five years, we don't know who our quarterback's going to be. And that's a huge unknown. We all know in football, you got to have a quarterback that can get it done or else you're not going to win. It's just that simple. And so for the first time, we don't know, you know, and so coming out of spring, I think it's still an unknown. I don't, based on what I can tell, we probably won't name a starter until the fall. Other coaches like Coach Dooley at Southern said he wants to name a starting quarterback by the time the spring is over with. Not so sure if he's gotten there yet. I mean, I think coaches say that, but I think the spring is just not a lot of time to really ascertain who's going to be your starting quarterback come fall. And so I think for all corners, like a number of teams that have quarterback uh, uncertainty, Grambling, Southern, um, as, as Alabama A&M, so you don't know. And so I think for us, I think on the offensive side of the ball, you don't know where our starting quarterback's going to be, number one. On the defensive side of the ball, Cedric Thomas returns to all corners, defensive coordinator. He's still trying to put his installs in place on defense. Not a lot of time for that. And so for the first time in a number of years, we've had unknowns. Cedric Thornton had been our defensive coordinator for years, and you kind of knew what you were getting. But now with a whole new defensive staff, not just defensive coordinator, new linebackers coach, secondary coach, you, you just don't know. So I think the difference between this year and last year, you kind of knew what you were getting. But this year, it's different, different personnel, different coaches, different philosophy, different way of doing business. And so I think that's that's the big difference between this year and last year. So right now, if you had to say, and we won't say, we won't ask you to be an evaluator and say who's the leader of the uh, quarterback room right now, who's the most likely sort of No, evaluate. What? Evaluate. Tell us. See, tell us. See, no, I was going to tell you that. See, I was going to ask you a question on a different, I was going to tell you that, ask you a question on a different level. Give uh, If you could, can kind of give us the, the, the strengths and the weaknesses and the differences between the quarterbacks that you see in the quarterback room currently right now. I think all of them have – I think the one thing that I do notice with our quarterbacks are bigger in terms of size. You know, Felix Harper was 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, the quarterbacks that we have in that quarterback room now are six feet big kids. Louisiana Tech transfer, 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, so from a size perspective in the quarterback position, whoever takes center come September 5th against Stephen F. Austin is going to be a bigger quarterback than we've seen the last few years. That's the biggest difference. A big, tall kid with a bit of really, really solid arm that can get the ball down, that can push the ball down the field. Felix Harper did a nice job with that. He was able to scramble around and, and extend plays. But whoever's going to take center for the Braves at quarterbacks, a big arm, big guy, you know, kind of like pass at Preview, big, tall kid, big, rangy, long, athletic. And so I think that's going to be the biggest difference this year at quarterback. Uh, let me let me ask because you know as I as I was looking at the roster, um, and it had me thrown for a second because under the 2022 roster, I see Felix Harper as a grad student, and, I, and so I was like, wait a minute, he's back. He, Trigger Man's got another year. I didn't think I didn't think so, but okay. So forget what you see on the Alcorn State website. If you guys see him on the roster. Under 2022. So, he, so he's used red shirt, COVID, and any other years. Uh, th that would be correct, Charles, right? Yeah, yeah. He's used it all. That is, that, is, that is correct. 
All right. So you you mentioned having you as as I look at that roster and you talked about having bigger guys. Obviously, you know the names that I see here. That you got a grad student in uh, Markavian Quinn, six three, one ninety five, and you got a trio of sophomores that are all six two to six three in uh, Cole Williams, Trey Lawrence, Cam Ivory. All of those guys are sophomores from out of Montgomery, Birmingham, and Jacksonville. Uh, and then there's even a, a redshirt freshman in the mix uh, or on the roster. Uh, not sure who's coming in in the fall. There obviously always is maybe an incoming freshman that might be coming. But uh, give us a little uh, – how was the spring game set up for for Alcorn? Was it one versus ones, two versus two? And then based on the setup, wh- who, who showed uh, to be your most impressive – quarterbacks that you saw you know I think it was from what I saw you know Fred McNair wanted to mix it up a little bit you know ones versus ones twos versus ones you know I I think they kind of knew that coming out of the spring they just wanted they wanted to show some stuff they wanted to show people with what what they had and I think Lawrence was a pretty good you know he, he did a really nice job I think all the quarterbacks did their thing, but the story, Brian, was the defense. The defense had four picks. And so that's, you know, that kind of jumps off the page. When you see that, you know, the secondary is really going to be strong this year for the Braves. The secondary is really going to be good. And I, I think, you know, you kind of saw that last year a little bit at the end of the year. But based on what we saw in, in spring yesterday in the spring game, the defense really shined. And you kind of expect that a little bit because of the unknown at the quarterback positions. So I, you know, that's the one thing that's for me is, as far as defense really coming to play and getting after it. And if that's the case, because there were times defensively that we just couldn't stop the run, big plays, Southern University, Bethune-Cookman, you know, there were some big plays that we gave up down the stretch, Jackson State. And if that defense, especially the back end of that secondary, if they come up big like they did in the spring game Saturday, uh, I, I think good things are in store for the Braves. What do you have, Drew? It looked like you you want to. I think I think him. Charles answered my question because I was going to ask. You said you mentioned the four picks, and I was going to ask: Was that because of the? And it's always kind of tough to see in the spring. Was that because the defense was that good, or the quarterbacks were that bad, or was it somewhere in between? But I think you already kind of kind of chimed on that. Part of part of the problem is. Uh, you know, the lack of an established number one, QB one in the quarterback room may have may have led it. And then when you when you already have good athletes uh in that, that back set that back seven, especially that back four, you know, they're able to take advantage of those. But that's just like they would take advantage of any other team that would have a subpar quarterback playing at that point in time. Is that what I'm getting out of this show? Yeah, I, I think it is in the middle. I mean, I, I think that, you know, Braves fans are going to have to be patient this year. And I know when you talk about fandom and patience, they don't go together. You know, we have won six straight division titles. Uh, we didn't get it done. And people are antsy. The Braves nation is antsy because they felt like some games got away. Southern game, Bethune-Cookman, Jackson State. You know, we were kind of right there in the cusp, but couldn't finish the deal, couldn't get over that hump, couldn't pick up a big first down, couldn't get a big stop on defense, couldn't get a stop on special teams, couldn't, 
You know, I mean, so there was a bunch of things that factored into that. We were injured, you know, a lot. And I know injuries are a part of it, but, you know, there was a lot that went into that last year. And I think, you know, the emergence of that and what Coach Sanders was able to do 13 months on the job, winning the Eastern Division, winning the SWAC championship, nobody expected that, including myself, I have to admit. I think that's got people antsy. And you look at Shadur Sanders as a sophomore, you know, those pieces, just adding the pieces to what they already had last year. I mean, they, they could run it back again. I mean, you, you look at what we dealt with with John Gibbs, a freshman quarterback at Alcorn, and the run that he had. So I think Braves fans are a little bit giddy, you know, moving to the West. That's going to be tough. But you don't know what parade he's got in store with a first-year coach. You know, obviously Southern trying to find a quarterback. You know, Hugh Jackson at Grambling, who's going to be their quarterback? So I think there's a lot of anxious moments for Braves fans, and rightfully so because we've been used to being up there. But now all of a sudden we're taking a step back with a different quarterback. Hopefully not. But it's just it's just reality is that there's going to be some growing pains. We hope it's not going to be that painful, but we know it's there. It's just a matter of how can we get acclimated and get it going right away. Uh, I'm, I'm glad Charles... you brought that up. Oh, go ahead. I'll come back to my. Go ahead, Brian. Well, no, I, I was just going to say I'm glad you brought that up about where Alcorn State fans have to be at mentally or where they are mentally because that, like you said, you you went six years as the champ, so you got to imagine for half a decade you're going into the fall with that warm feeling, and you know that carries on, and then finally you go into an off season like last year. You're looking to prove that okay, this is new but we're still the champ because no one took our title. We gave it, we handed it over, however you want to say it. But now this is the first spring in a long time where you weren't the champ. Everybody beat you and they, you know, you, you didn't do it on the field. Somebody else did it. And, and, you, and now you got to go in and sort of reset. So yeah, that it is uh that's an interesting place for coach McNair and the staff and the fan base to be, I think. So that's one of those uh, storylines that I'm sure people will be talking about in the fall. Uh, go ahead, Drew. Yeah. Well, that, that kind of brings me in to talk about some of the things from last year uh, going into this year. One of the things that you will all from the benefit of, this is the last year of the COVID penalties, as I like to call them, because last year you had a lot, you had your home games taken away from teams that you were supposed to play in. 2020 that you were not able to travel to. You've got a couple of games still left that you have to pay back this year. I believe you guys will have four conference home games this year instead of two. Do I have that number correct, Charles? Yeah, we got to go back to Southern University again. We got to go back to Valley again. Okay, so so you lost those two. So four instead of your uh, – yeah. Is that so three the, or four home games? The home I got the schedule pulled up right here. The home games okay, and the conference are UAPB, uh, September 24th, Texas Southern, October 22nd. Uh, then uh, the last two, uh, Bethune-Cookman on November 12th and Jackson State on November 19th. And uh, and then you, you guys obviously open the season at home against uh, Stephen F. Austin. Right. Yeah. So you got you get you got your five home games this year. So you got more home games this year. You got more conference games at home, even though you don't have your have that full a lot, but it'll have the schedule work out like it like it should because of the paybacks and everything. So 
have fans actually recognized this and recognized the challenge that you guys had last year because of that schedule? And I, I said it back in June, July. If Alcorn wins last year with that schedule based on the fact they had six conference games on the road, they will have earned it. They will They will definitely have earned their place as number one. Do you, do you feel better with more home games this year, or are there still too many other holes before we even worry about where we're playing? Um, I, I think fans are, are very giddy, and I do think that there's a little bit of relief that there's a little bit – there's a few more home games out there to be able to take advantage of. I, I do think that people are still stinging about, you know, the fact that we've got to go back to Southern University again, I have to go back to Valley. Um, the, the Southern one is the one everybody talks about. You know, we all know how tough it is to, to win at Mumford Stadium. You know, we kind of had that game in our sights, you know, last year and have to go back there again. Um, so I, I do think that there's some anxious times when it comes to that particular game. Uh, but I think overall, I think people are, you know, resound to the fact that this is kind of the, the, the penalty and the payback for what didn't happen in the spring. And we just have to, except the fact that we just got to play through this. I mean, we got a very difficult schedule here. I like the schedule, you know, playing an FCS team in McNeese. You got Stephen F. I think it's a quality schedule across the board in which we're going to be severely tested right off the bat. Stephen F. is a quality, quality opponent. We played them back in the 90s when they were really good, a 1AA opponent. That's going to be a tough challenge, even though it's at home. Then we got to go to Lake Charles and play McNeese. That's going to be another tough one, you know, another FCS uh, quality opponent. So I think the schedule's tough. I think I just think our fans are just so used to being on top of the mountain for so long. I mean, I think what the Braves did in winning six straight division titles may be something that may never happen again. Well, you never say never, but I don't think it's going to happen at any level, at any level of football, college football, for some time. I just think that was a terrific run. We're just used to it. But I think now teams are getting better. You see Jackson State clearly has accelerated their process. You see Florida A&M, your, your team, Brian Fulford, has accelerated their process. They're going to be a team to beat. And I think now we just have to accelerate our process. But the process is the process. It's not going to happen overnight. And I just, I just hope we take a deep breath and be a little bit patient. The transfer portal, I came in on that. You know, I think uh, from what I was told, Coach Julie's going to look at the transfer portal, try to bring in another quarterback between now and fall. I don't know if we're going to do that or not, but I think the transfer portal gives you an opportunity to improve that position or whatever position you're looking for right away because there's talent out there. So, I mean, I, I, think, uh, I think this is what causes anxious moments for everybody. And, uh, you know, Jackson State, above and beyond – Everyone else in the league right now, fam using second and who's third. You know, I think for the Braves, we just have to go through our processes, find ourselves a quarterback, which I think we will by the fall. Our defense will be better. Our special teams, we hope, will be better. And I think we will compete. But our fans are anxious. They're anxious. They're giddy. They see all the media coverage from these other schools, from Jackson State especially, and all over social media. And they're like, doggone it. We moved to the West. And now we got to deal with this. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 just if we want to be real about it, let's just be real about it. I mean, yes, we're in the opposite division, 
but they're getting all the love and coverage that's splashed all over social media, and rightfully so. 13 months on the job, he wins the SWAT champion, goes to Celebration Bowl, wins the Eastern Division, getting all the love. It happens. It happens. It hasn't happened, but it did happen in this case. So now what are we going to do? What is FAMU going to do? What is Alcorn going to do? What is Southern going to do? That's going to be the key because if you get off to a poor start, you might not catch up. Just ask Willie Simmons. You lose that one game against Jackson State and you never could get there because Jackson State handled their business the rest of the season. Well, one thing, Charles, I think the West is wide open this year. Whoever figures it out first will have a tremendous advantage. I mean, uh, Grammar State, new, new coach. Southern, new coach. Prairie View, new coach. Texas Southern, improving, but they're, but they're, but they're still at, uh, been at the bottom of the conference. Then, then, then you've got you guys, and then you've got – UAP, UAPB, who had a sub, who was back to the UAPB that we that we know after that one uh, breakout year. So I think the West is wide open, even with the the un, unknowingness at the quarterback positions. If Alcorn can get all the other positions feel good, and you might be able to get away with an average quarterback and win the West. Now you may not. You may not be able to go up against the East competition because the East is, looks like it's going to be loaded once again, but the East may beat up on each other and leave it wide open for somebody for, for whoever comes out the West. Just my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, right now, Prairie View is the defending Western Division champs, but the coach, the previous coach at Prairie View is now at Southern University. You know, you, you don't have pass. You have a new coach there. You got a new way of doing business over there. So, you know, for me, anytime you have a new coach, there's a different way of doing things and there's growing pains. And I think what happens is what we're seeing right now is the growing pains can't be can't be prolonged because teams are getting off to good starts. We keep coming back to what Jackson State has done. We keep coming back to FAMU and what they've done. You can't afford to go two or three years and, and just like the old days of building a program from the ground up, it takes three years. No, sir. We're not in that. That that's that's long gone now. You got to hit the ground running. So yes, the West is wide open. It truly is because we don't know. You know, you got Bowden and Body. You got is Bowden going to be the quarterback at Grambling? We don't know. I mean, the number of players have transferred were transferring from that program, especially after their spring game last week. We don't know what that quarterback position is going to look like. Coach Dooley, you know, uh, you look at Bowden McDaniel. He's had a solid spring. Will he be the starting quarterback at Southern? I don't think so, in my opinion. I think I think Dooley's going to find a guy on the portal, and he's going to start the season. Just my opinion, opinion, even though McDaniels had a solid spring. You know, you got you got body at Texas Southern, solid freshman, solid kid, yeah. made freshman mistakes, but he's a year older. So there's there's a lot of unknowns on the Western side. Um, but I, I, I do think if the Braves can get a quarterback that's serviceable, whoever gets that, the key word is serviceable. You got to win with a serviceable quarterback. If you're serviceable, you can manage the game, not make a lot of mistakes. I do think you can win a lot, especially on the Western side, considering the unknowns. Hey, um, Charles, before we let you get out of here, I was going to ask you about the schedule, but uh, a question that came from uh, the the YouTube chat, Edwin Moore uh, sends out a, a message asking, uh, he says, Alcorn football has traditionally gotten really good coverage 
from uh, the Jackson TV uh, sports uh, teams, or I guess area. Has that fallen off? Has that coverage from the Jackson area fallen off a little bit uh, with the with Dion coming over and Alcorn not winning uh, the conference? Uh, What's what's your what's your take or uh, your re- response to that? Um, I think it's about the same. From what I can tell, and I know the guys that cover sports in the Jackson, the three Jackson TV stations. I know uh, guys at each one of those three stations. They've been at our home games, especially you know not necessarily the road games, but at home they have been there. There's a camera there. There's a reporter there. So I to answer the question, I've seen you know coverage from the three TV stations, it's, it's been about the same, you know, to be honest. Uh, but, you know, clearly as far as Jackson State goes, they're, they're, as someone told me, you know, Jackson State's my meal ticket. Someone referred to them as that because of all the coverage and how they're able to, to cover Jackson State and getting the inside intel. But, you know, I think the coverage to me, and I, I'm a media guy, so I follow the ebbs and flows of the media. I think it's been about the same. Um, you know, we're going to get some highlight packages, especially at home. So when we play Stephen F., I expect, you know, full coverage of, of that first game of the year, you know, from the three TV stations. So I haven't seen a drop off at all. You know, even though Dion is a talk, I do think the, the three TV stations want to do the other schools justice. Valley as well. Valley as well as Alcorn. Because you got one reporter basically at each one of those three TV stations covering Alcorn, Jackson, and Valley. So they have to get the pick and decide which games they want to cover. You can't be in three places at once. So I think that's that's the tough challenge. If you want to have full coverage of the three, you need to have three reporters. Due, due to budget constraints, that's not happening. You got one guy that's going to cover all three, and you just have to look at the schedule and decide which games you're going to cover. If the Braves are out of town, if Jackson's out of town, if Valley's in town, that game will get coverage. It's unfortunate, but it's an unfortunate reality. But to answer the question, I haven't seen a, a drop off in terms of coverage for Alcorn sports, uh, Alcorn, especially the home games. I do see, you know, a number of camera people from the Jackson stations there. Well, um, I, next time we have you on, Charles, we're going to talk a little bit about the schedule. I'm excited that uh, Alcorn is starting the season with an FCS opponent, and that opponent is actually coming to Alcorn, and Alcorn is not traveling to that FCS opponent. We, we need, uh, we need more schools. I think I would like to see whether it's HBCU or not. I would like to see us hosting more of these FCS games. If we want to talk about improving the conference ratings and the conference standings, we need to a host these games. B we got to win them. Uh, you know, in, in that order, <laughs> you know, you got to have them first before you can win them. So, We'll we'll talk more about uh, the schedule a little bit later uh, on. So, uh, hey, uh, what, what's your week like? How many games? You know, I know you're floating back and forth. Um, baseball, softball, what's the week like for you? Well, uh, let's see. This is Easter week coming up. So this week is baseball. Um, I was in Arkansas a few days ago, and I'll be going back to Arkansas, uh, Pine Bluff, for our baseball team is playing UAPB and our baseball team is having a tough go of it. You know, a lot of people are, are really on us on social media about uh, about the struggles of the baseball team. And I would just suggest to every Braves fan listening and watching, 
to you know follow me on social media. And I did an interview last Sunday with with Coach Williams, and he talked about the struggles. He came in in August, you know, no fall ball, no recruiting, fifteen players, no catcher. I mean, if, wow. if people would take a listen to that and understand why we're in the position that we're in, but he's not making any excuses about it. You know, we got guys playing out of position. And so he's trying to make it work the best way that he can. So I hope people, you know, take a listen to that interview and just take a deep breath because it's going to be tough this year. But I can tell you this, based on people that are following me on Twitter, baseball players that are interested in coming to Alcorn, it will be better on the other side. So let's just get through this year and have a little patience. And and with that, find uh, Charles on Twitter at Tall Man Radio, and uh, a perfect way to end it. I'm glad you brought that up. I I didn't know how to touch the subject because I didn't know how touchy it was, and I you know, but but I'm glad you brought it out. And uh, yeah, make sure to follow at Tall Man Radio uh, on Twitter and, and go listen to that interview. So Charles, have a good week. Good to talk to you as always, and uh, we will see you down the road. All right. I appreciate you, homeboy. All right, homie. All right, let's <laughs> take a break, step away, come back on the other side. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. Picker upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker upper. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Now, you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. 
We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Okay, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Ryan and AD here. Shout out to uh, Charles Edmond for joining us in that last segment. Uh, on this show today, we are all about celebrating my guy, AD Drew, right there. Uh, his birthday is today. So uh, if you're on the uh, YouTube stream, if you're on Facebook uh, watching the show, make sure to give uh, show AD some love. The collection plate is moving around congregation and so we would like for you to uh to show some love to my man show show some love to ad so that way after this show he can just hit the delivery button on his app and order himself a nice bottle of his uh his his favorite spirit and and then uh and he can do delivery we, we don't want him driving anywhere after the show we want him to be able to sit there and in his own house and enjoy you can hit him up on cash app dollar sign coach drew d-r-e-w-a-d that's where you can find him uh dollar sign coach drew a-d whatever you have you know i like i said when the plate goes around you know we're not asking for 10 percent. we just asking for a dollar a couple dollars five dollars ten dollars whatever whatever you can do we we appreciate it so i know drew appreciate it so we appreciate you guys for uh for blessing all right so what a uh, real quick update obviously today's the last day of the nba regular season and you know i i said drew i would do a little 10 minute just a recap of just to get people ready for the nba so today on the last season keep me at two minutes here drew hit stop watch be ready all right don't let me go longer than two minutes so here we are on the last day on the last day of the nba season uh where it is a a a mix of of teams. Here's what the breakdown looks like going into the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Right now, you got the one seed as the Miami Heat locked in. The two seed is the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks are locked in to the two seed by virtue of resting their guys today and losing big time to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland Cavaliers are the eight seed. They are stuck in the eight seed playing in the playing game against the number seven seed, the Brooklyn Nets, who had to beat the Indiana Pacers today. They managed to do that, although it was a close game. The the Nets ended up doing that. So the playing game, seven versus eight, Brooklyn hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers. The other two teams in the playing game are the Hawks hosting the Hornets. Uh, 
The Nets Cavaliers winner advances, and they are the solid seven seed. The, the Cavaliers and Nets loser plays the winner of the Hawks and Hornets game. Hopefully you got all that figured away. Essentially seven versus eight, nine versus ten. The loser, the loser of that game plays the winner of nine ten. So uh, anyway, the three seed, the Boston Celtics, the four seed, the Sixers. Those two teams are playing today. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's our producer or anything else. But anyway, uh, the five seed Toronto Raptors. Interesting about Toronto. Anybody going into Toronto has to be vaccinated. Maybe that affects the Boston Celtics. Maybe that affects the Philly 76ers. Nobody really knows. It's all up in the air. The sixth seed, the Chicago Bulls. Everybody wants to play the Chicago Bulls because Chicago Bulls don't beat anybody good. So there's your Eastern summary right there over in the West. Guess what? The Lakers are not in the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen, just in case you didn't know that. The number one seed are the Suns. The two seed, the most dangerous team in the West, the Memphis Grizzlies. That's right. You heard it here first. Memphis Grizzlies, most dangerous team in the West, not the Golden State Warriors, who are the three seed with a half game lead over the Mavericks, followed by the Jazz Nuggets, Timberwolves and the Clippers. The Timberwolves and Clippers are the seven and eight Pelicans, Suns, nine, 10. All right. There's my two minutes. Drew, did you catch all that? You got everything you done? Two minutes and 20 seconds, Brian. Right. Go to full screen for a second so I can blow my nose, Mr. Producer. Drew, tell us something real quick for like 30 seconds so I can properly blow my nose and not be. <laughs> As my buddy Brian uh, leaves to handle his personal business, just wanted to drop this nugget on you. You know, we always uh, talk about HBCUs adding other sports. Well, Virginia State will be adding the sport of men and women's lacrosse. That's why it was announced earlier this week that Virginia State University will add lacrosse. Virginia State currently offers 17 athletic teams, eight for women, eight for men, and co-ed cheerleaders. And men's soccer will be added in fall of 23. So we've got lacrosse coming to Virginia State in 2022 and men's soccer coming in 2023. And you know, it's always always been curious as to why more of our HBCUs do not play soccer, you know, uh, especially if you want to get into the international market, bring a lot of international students where everybody else plays soccer besides us here in the United States. So uh yeah, this was this came out on April 6th from the this is courtesy of USA LAX magazine, a lacrosse magazine announcing Virginia State adding lacrosse. Um lacrosse is a very big sport in the in the uh before you go to that. Uh the new NCAA regulation soccer field which can also be used for lacrosse, is currently under construction and is slated to be complete in May of this year. The field will be located on the campus of Virginia State University adjacent to the VSU Multipurpose Center. So in addition to adding sports, they're also adding facilities to support the, the sports. So that's uh, kudos to Virginia State there, Brian. 
All right. Um, so let's get into uh, let's get into a few baseball rankings here. Uh, these are our BCSN Week Two computer baseball ratings. Um, these are fresh. These are hot. These are coming out like those uh, Krispy Kreme donuts with the red light on. Uh, so fresh off today's results around the HBC landscape, Southern comes in rated number one based on the computer rankings. Florida A&M at two, Alabama State at three, Bethune-Cookman at four, who just got swept, by the way, uh, by Florida A&M in their home park. So shout out to the Rattlers for going on the road and sweeping Bethune. And then Preview A&M comes in at five on the cusp. You got Grambling State and Southern. And I brought that up because I wanted to just kind of go through, because looking at the, looking at those standings, uh, Alabama State actually, let me do a refresh here on the page because maybe it's been updated. Ah, yes, it has. Alabama State sitting uh, one game in first place over FAMU. Uh, courtesy Alabama State with a sweep over A&M, Alabama A&M over the weekend. Southern getting a sweep over, I forgot, who was Southern playing this weekend, Drew? Uh, uh, just I got it. I just had the squad page for Oh, you got it? Oh, they're, yeah, they're playing Alcorn. Okay. No, Southern. Yeah, so, yeah Southern. Right. So, yeah, so then uh, Prairie View and Grambling are at eight and four sitting behind. So uh, a little bit, I'm sure that will that will draw some controversy and some eye rolls from Alabama State folks because the one actually uh, the four Alabama A&M and FAMU have played four times this season and uh, the Hornets have won all four of those. So uh, but the computers and probably and one day strength. Well, but but the but the well, what was not a conference? They were they rephrase it. Wait, it doesn't matter. What I'm saying is that the, yes. this, the, the computer takes it in consideration the whole season, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So all four of those games are L's to to uh, to Alabama State. But again, one point, one fifty four, one fifty three. You see the numbers there. So it is what it is. That'll even itself out uh, later on in the year when. Uh, when Alabama State comes to uh, Florida A&M for a series. All right, let's move over to the Division II level. Division II level, whoa, a new number one on the Division II ranking side. Uh, interesting there. Um, as we see Albany State uh, moving into the number one spot, Um what what happened there, Drew? Albany State with a with a slight lead over Savannah State. Did I did I miss a, a game or two? So who does Savannah State play this weekend? Uh, Savannah State has Tuskegee. Uh, they won on yesterday. Do not have the results from today at Tuskegee as they were scheduled to play two today at uh, Tuskegee. So uh, and and I think that may be uh, part of it. Albany State's results were in. When we ran the numbers, Savannah State's uh, results were not in when, uh, when we had to run the numbers. So I expect Savannah State to be back up there once the results of the Tuskegee-Savannah State series uh, is over because there were still two games to be played in that series. Okay. Miles comes in at uh, three. 
Kentucky State at four. And then it looks like, well, there's a tie there in fifth place between Tuskegee and West Virginia State. Is that what that is? Okay. That is correct. Okay. Okay. So uh, that's how that shapes out. And um, I guess while we're talking there about the division two, well, let me go to the next before I mention something. Go over to the NAIA real quick. Okay. So in uh, NAIA New number one, uh, Russ College comes in just ahead of Talladega, who's at two. Florida Memorial's coming in uh, at three, technically. Xavier is four. Edward Waters is five, with uh, Payne College probably being the biggest drop because I believe Payne was they were four. top five. Okay, they were four. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, again, these are these are computer ranks. The biggest drop uh, was Harris Stoll. Actually, Harris Stone was last week's number two. Okay. So they dropped all the way down, basically out. That's about a five five spot drop, if I had to guess, right? Correct. Okay. So um, computer rankings, obviously not pollsters. If you want to go and see a actual poll with a bunch of people, a bunch of media people who pay attention to HBCU baseball, go to blackcollegenines.com, pay attention to their top 10 large school, small school poll, uh, and, and see what the humans uh, think, and you'll kind of get a different perspective on on their poll. want to make mention of a new show that'll be coming up on Wednesday evenings, probably at about 7 o'clock Eastern time, 6 Central, Featuring our very own A.D. Drew and Michael Coker of BlackCollegeNines.com, The Road to Montgomery. And that will be a show that will spotlight the various teams, the rankings, as we get uh, probably about a month away from the uh, Black College World Series. Uh, The 2022 Black College World Series being held in Montgomery, uh, Alabama, on uh, May 12th through the 15th? 11th. Uh, 11th through the 11th. 15th. Well, the first, yes. I thought the first game was the 12th. No, it's the 11th. The, no, ba- uh, the, the pre-tournament stuff is the 10th. You're off a day. Oh, okay. I had a, I, all right, my yeah. bad. Uh, May, 11, May 11th through the 15th, uh, the Black College uh, World Series. All the games will be broadcast on the Black College Sports Network here. Uh, Drew, what can people expect from that show with you and Mike? First of all, you're going to expect me to tell you to go to blackchampionships.com to the World Series page and order gear such as what I have on that's available for sale for the Black College World Series so that you can show your fandom for the uh, Black College World Series. I've got the Black College World Series official hat on and this is the long sleeve uh, T-shirt that I have on today, uh, Brian. But there are uh, hoodies, caps, gaiters, uh, all, all kinds of things that will be available merchandise-wise uh, for the Black College World Series. But getting back to your question at hand, uh, basically Wednesday show will be uh, simple. We'll spend the first uh, first segment going over just the the history of the Black College, how we got here, the who, what, when, where, and why of this Black College World Series will be the first segment. The second segment will be an interview with 
some of the important people of the Black College World Series, uh, possibly a local, a local uh, somebody local from the Montgomery community will bring in their perspective of the Black College World Series and what it means to that community. Then the back half of the show, that's when we get into the hard numbers, the rankings, the the projections, okay, kind of like they do with the NCAA show. These are the teams who are projected to begin, first one out, second one out, things of that nature. So that's that's what the back half of the show will be, separated obviously into a NCAA segment and an NAIA segment. So uh, these will be probably four weeks, the four weeks yes. leading up to the actual contest. The selection of the teams is when? The, thir- the third show will be the announcement of the eight participants. And then okay, so that's, uh, April, then that's the, April 27th. Is that, is that the third Wednesday? Yeah, I'm looking at a calendar. I the, got last, the, the last Wednesday of the month, yes. And then the May, the May 4th show, we'll actually be breaking down the eight participants of the uh, World Series at that point in time. And then okay. we'll be playing ball the Wednesday after that. All right. So that should be a good uh that'll be a good breakdown there. Again, uh Road to Montgomery right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be breaking down the the uh eight well, all of the teams that'll have an opportunity to play in the uh second annual Black College World Series, uh twenty twenty two in Montgomery, Alabama, featuring the top Division II and NAIA baseball team. So let's step away for a short break, come back on the other side and get ready to close the showdown with a few other topics of note. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back after these words. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language, and she really loves her grandson like really loves the top hbcu programs in the nation come to montgomery alabama's riverwalk stadium this may 11th through 14th for the black college world series the best black college baseball teams in the ncaa division two and the naia will battle for black baseball's ultimate prize games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.net to the uh, BCSN sports wrap. Uh, we uh, we apologize for the little technical glitch there and uh, appreciate you guys coming back in once you saw that the feed was back up on YouTube and Facebook and all those other places. Go ahead and make sure to hit that like button and uh, and, uh, and, and up. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the uh, Jericho Broadcast Network's YouTube page, MyJBN1, or if you're already watching us there on Facebook, hopefully you are already subscribe there go download that jericho broadcast networks app and you'll never have to worry about these kind of things because it'll be there my jbm my bcsn is where you can always download and watch the shows find it on your google or apple play store my jbn 
or my BCSN is where you can find that store uh, or that. Brian, app. I bet. I know you do multiple shows, but did you have to bring the sniper from the ONG over to the BCSN Sports Rep uh, to snipers, man? That 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 guy just stays in the woods, Drew. I mean, he he <laughs> is what he is. <laughs> he's not he's not coming out the woods. Hey, he's not coming out the woods until we get out of our home studios. So let me just put it to you like that: as long as we stay in our home studios. That dude is going to be in the woods, and whenever he gets a chance, man, he's going to fire one off and uh, take us out. So, yeah, you know, that that guy, that guy. Okay, uh, coming out of the break, we were talking about baseball. God, we want to take a quick mention, give a little love to softball. Uh, we, we From the Division One level, uh, we'll, we'll try to catch up with the uh, Division Two and NAIA as best as we can. But we do have some power rankings our computer rankings for softball. Now, this might be the first week for the softball top five computer rankings. Am I correct, Drew? Yeah, it's top five. Uh, unfortunately, the, uh, the 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 graphics department did not have an opportunity to finish the uh, the softball graphics, considering that it was the graphics department birthday today. So uh, <laughs> the graphics department was a little bit preoccupied today. <laughs> We understand. I'll go those ahead guys, and admit that those guys, those guys work really hard. So yeah, that's that's <laughs> yes. why we want you all to to contribute to the uh, collection plate that's going around. Uh, Dollar symbol, Coach Drew AD. Go ahead and drop in a little bit of love there. So here's the top five in the softball power rankings. And uh, Drew, as I go through the five, maybe you can say where they're at, sort of in their conference standing level. Okay. Okay. So number five out of the MEAC, we've got Morgan State with a total record of 15 and 13, uh, six and three within the conference. Uh, two and oh against HBCUs, if I'm reading that particular graph correctly. Uh, and and that, that is non conference HBCUs. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right, and where's Morgan at? And go through where Morgan is at in the MEAC in terms of standing. Uh, it just disappeared on me. I just had it. Uh, finish the top five, and I'll come back and get get the all the uh, updates. Yeah, so here we go. Okay, here I'll go through. Off, you got it. it. Yeah. Okay. I've got it. Morgan State is sitting in third place. Tied with uh, Norfolk State at, with a nine and three record. They're sitting tied with Norfolk State at nine and three, but it looks like they're in third place due to a tiebreaker with Norfolk. Okay, in first place, or uh, rather in fourth place in our top five, Maryland Eastern Shore with an overall record of twelve and twenty-one. However, they are nine and one in the conference. I would presume probably sitting very close to the top of the leader leading board. Make that ten and two after today, Brian. Okay, ten and two conference record, sitting in first place. Yes. Yes. All right, coming in at three, Norfolk State with an overall record of twenty-one and fifteen, eight and three in conference, three and one non-conference HBCU uh, record. Yeah. Uh, not, the nine, nine and three conference. 
nine and three uh, conference record uh, now after today. These rankings were done on yesterday. The current record is 24 and 15 overall. Of course, the BCSN rankings only take the uh, Division One games into account. So that's the discrepancy that you see when you go to the website versus what we uh, what Brian is announcing is because of that. Those are non-Division One games. But your top four in uh, the MEAC. Uh, Randall Nisha Shore, 10 and 2, Norfolk and Morgan tied at 9 and 3, with Howard at 8 and 3. Yeah, and and uh, I'll mention Howard in just a moment. Uh, our top two teams are from out of the SWAC. The number two team, uh, although their conference or overall record may not be impressive, it's 13 and 22. Uh, overall, in terms of conference play, they're 9 and 6. And they have the second toughest strength of schedule in all of HBCU softball. That's the Bethune Cookman Lady Wildcats. Correct. Let's go ahead and get the number one before I get the swag update. Okay. Uh, Texas Southern comes in at number one. Texas Southern 13 and 17 overall, 12 and 3 in the conference. Uh, Texas Southern. Um, Interesting enough, uh, not not I mean not terribly bad. Probably within the top ten amongst all of the uh, HBCU softball teams in terms of strength of schedule. But our number one team rated power rankings for our first poll of the year: the Texas Southern, uh, Texas Southern Lady Tigers. All right, Drew, and what where where did Texas Southern and Bethune fall in terms of the SWAC standings? We'll start with Bethune, who leads the East. With a nine and six record, fourteen and twenty-two overall, Mississippi Valley State is second with an eight and six. Jackson State and Fam, you are tied uh, with an eight and seven record. Although I would have to assume Fam, you would have a top on the tiebreaker after the sweep this weekend. Uh, followed by yeah. Alabama State at seven and eight, and Alabama A and M at four and ten. Flipping over to the west side, Brian, Texas Southern. Leads the West uh, by three games with a twelve and three record. Alcorn State comes in second at nine and Alcorn State and Prairie View come in tied at nine and six for second place. Uh, Southern comes in in fourth place with a seven and eight record, followed by Grambling at five and ten, and UAPB rounds it out with a three and fifteen record. What what's the note, Brian? The there are no teams with an overall record over five hundred in the SWAC versus the MEAC, which has two teams with an overall record over five hundred. Those two teams being Norfolk and Morgan State, but those two teams, despite their overall record being over five hundred, sit in second and third place. With, sit tied for second, respectively in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference behind 14-win Maryland Eastern Shore. All right. Uh, so shout out to uh, shout out to all those softball teams. And we promise by next show, we will we will make sure to feature the Division II and NAIA uh, women's uh, softball teams as well. Want to get into, before we get ready to wrap up our show, a couple of uh, – I don't know. Let's call them NIL-related uh, 
things that kind of caught our eye. The first one, just in case you, you didn't know, that the the state of Louisiana, um, or, or more so, I should say, the Louisiana High School Athletic Association on this past Thursday voted to allow high school athletes to receive name, image, and likeness benefits. Now, uh, of course, we, we understand what that means from or what, what, what we've seen from the collegiate level for that, but uh, this is a, a big deal in Louisiana. You know, one of the names, of course, that uh, is much talked about is the nephew of Peyton and Eli Manning, Arch Manning, um, who's, uh, whose father is uh, Cooper, uh, Cooper was the oldest of the Manning boys who uh, he was actually a receiver. Well, actually, he was a quarterback and then he moved to receiver in high school when Peyton came along, if I remember the story correct. Um, yes. And so, anyway, Arch is a quarterback uh, being recruited by the top name guys, obviously, you know, Texas, Georgia, Alabama. Uh, I, I think he made Tennessee might be in the mix. Ole Miss is where his father went and Eli. So I think Ole Miss is in the mix. Personally, I will be surprised if he goes anywhere other than Alabama. That's just my, my quick take. I, you know, I don't know. You got, you got a thought on where he might end up? No, not, not, not really. Not really. He's not, uh, I'm not worried about him because he's not coming into our schools. So, I don't know. Might end up at Southern, uh, Grambling. I don't know. I mean, they should be recruiting him. Hugh Jackson, Hugh Jackson should be trying to recruit Archman into Grambling. Anyway, um, so anyway, with NIL coming to Louisiana, uh, from the executive director of the LHSAA, they say, uh, per the release, they say they're proud of this positioning statement on NIL has passed our executive committee because it's the right thing to do for all high school student athletes in Louisiana. That amazes me, especially when I think about how other executive directors in other states, Florida, think about things. Anyway, uh, the continued quote here says, Alabama. NIL is a moving target. <laughs> NIL is a moving target, which makes ongoing education so important for our entire high school community. We are taking a whiteboard approach to this with uh, a company called Ecker Sports, so that a new, so that as new rules are established and things change from state to state, our members will always have the current information available to properly guide our kids and their families. We want everyone to be prepared because even if you don't have someone right now facing these challenges, you never know when you might. Um, here's the thing that caught me, Drew: the state of Louisiana joins. Alaska, California, Utah, Kansas, Nebraska, New York, and New Jersey in allowing high school athletes to earn NIL income. And 16 other states are currently considering adopting new NIL rules, while 26 states have actually prohibited high school athletes from earning NIL money. Drew, Alabama. this is a... 
this is like probably Florida. Yeah, this is uh, this. I, first off, I didn't even know that there were other states. Uh, uh, you know, obviously Alaska, California. I mean, California probably being the biggest, uh, the biggest name when it comes to collegiate athletics. But this is pretty huge. I, I, I had no idea that that other states were even focusing on NIL at the high school level. What, how, how do our kids, how do kids that look like you and me take advantage of this opportunity? I think the question probably should be, Brian, how do kids who look like you and me not get taken advantage of when it comes to this, uh, this, uh, this NIL stuff. I think that's more of the problem because it, and, and it's a real touchy subject because these are minors, which means because at when you're under 18 in most states, you cannot enter into a legal contract. In order to do NIL, you have to enter into a legal contract. So somewhere down the line, Either a parent has to sign off on this or there has to be another adult who signs off on this, who has the right to sign off on this, uh, on this. So uh, that's the one thing that we got to be careful of is that our ch- these children do not get taken advantage of. But one thing about this Louisiana legislation is they are they call themselves focusing on the education, not only for the student, but also for the parent. And I want to read this quote from GoPreps.com. That's G-E-A-U-X Preps.com. Um, L-H-S-A-A bylaws do not prohibit student athletes from engaging in certain commercial activities in their individual capacities. These activities generally referred to as name, image, and likeness, NIL, will not jeopardize a student-athlete's amateur status if the student-athlete complies with LHSAA bylaws 1.25 on maintaining amateur status, as well as the LHSAA bylaws policies and regulations. Compliance with LHSAA bylaws regarding NIL does not ensure maintenance of eligibility under the standards of other governing organizations such as the NCAA, NAIA, or uh, NJCAA, that's a Junior College Athletic Association, uh, national, national sports governing bodies. Student athletes desiring information on the amateur rules of other organizations should consult with those local organizations. So, Brian, uh, are we going to an Olympic model such as what you see in Europe where uh, young athletes are able to earn money? Uh, are we going to a something like you see in tennis and gymnastics where these uh, athletes are able to earn money? And, and, and if so, you know, more power to them. But, Brian, let's be real. We have 21, 22, 23-year-old athletes where they sign their contract and you give them money. 
who don't know who don't know how to properly act, don't know how to properly manage their money, because they they haven't been in the, the, that type of situation before. Just imagine when you give this to a 14, 15, 16 year old, and we obviously we're not talking about that type of money, unless you're an archman. We know Arch Manning is the number one high school prospect in football right now. He he's already uh, what's this twenty twenty two probably the number one uh uh prospect in the number in the twenty twenty five or twenty twenty six draft whenever he's uh first draft eligible. So we know his contract is going to be worth a little bit more than some some of these other uh some other kids. Obviously, you've got to deal with you know. High school jealousy is it's already tough enough. You deal with it. You're, you're you're in academia, so now your star wide receiver or your or your six five swing man on your basketball team is now garnering a a thousand dollars a month from somebody, and whereas your your five eight point guard who is just as keen on your team has to not only go to practice, but work a part-time job in between school, practice, and everything else because it's because his family needs money. You know, how do you manage that coach on the high school level? It's already tough enough managing these kids who have jobs while they're trying to play sports. Now you gotta manage that other extra element of jealousy that's gonna do it. And then are they gonna get taken advantage of? Not only by the classmates may be taking advantage of the guy at the barbershop may be, may be trying to take advantage of. You know, there are a lot of different things, and this kind of scares me at this level, Brian, without the education. If you we, we were blessed. We were, we were from families where our parents were educated. And, you know, knowing you, if your parents did not have the answer, they knew who to call to find it, to find the answer to guide them along the way to make that type of decision. Not every athlete is as blessed as you and I were. Um, you, you mentioned there on the front line of all those other people that, that, that you worried about the, the first mm-hmm. people you got to worry about is those parents, because you just said it, that this is a contract. So most likely if you're entering into a contract with a 17-year-old, you most likely have to have their parent involved. So we understand. We just imagine. I, I you you pray that this doesn't happen, but it probably will. It does imagine the fighting that would go on, uh, especially if a, a, a family unit is not together. You, you see where I'm going here? You know, we've seen single parents fight over much less money than what's potentially coming from off the back of your son, who is the big time star receiver at the local high school. That potentially may wow. be going to LSU, Auburn, uh, Alabama, Texas. You know what I'm saying? Do I need to continue? That's your no. first worry. Uh, another thing that you that, that caught my ear, um, the it says that. Well, how does the NCAA respond? Because obviously, if you've been earning money 
in Louisiana, California, wherever, what happens to your eligibility? Well, maybe not your eligibility, but can you, will you then have to go to college and be a, you, you can't, you can't get a scholarship based on your play. I mean, because you can still go to school, but maybe you just can't get a scholarship in the same fashion as somebody else who was an amateur. And but, but why? But yeah, and I understand that because, you know, when you go through your NCAA certification, that is one of the questions that's part of your certification process. I'm pretty sure you help athletes uh, through their clearinghouse certification, just like I have uh, helped athletes through their uh, clearinghouse certification. So has the NCAA changed time? I got, I, I've got one deeper than that for you, Brian. You're raised in a state, you, you're playing high school ball in a state that allows NIL, but you're being recruited for college in a state that does not allow NIL. Well, that, that's what I was saying. That, that's what I was going through. You just pointed out, yeah, exactly what you're saying. That's what I was saying. You know, Right, right, right. Or, or we, I hate to say it, you know, you, you got, you're talking about the uh, transfer portal. Are we going to see parents pick up their child and move across state lines? Especially when you stay they on. They do already. When you, well, we, especially when you stay in, in a border in like a, like like a St. Louis or Cincinnati or Kansas City or where there's a, there's a the, the next day is ten miles down the road. Are you gonna see people? I got you. Do do things like that? Just move yeah. across to another state where they can make money, even though they're really staying over there. But they 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 got an address in the other state so they can make money. I mean, we already see it when you cross a district lines just to play ball at a, at a certain school. How deep will this go? I mean, the fact that they can earn it, I, I like it in principle, but I'm, I'm scared of the execution. That's my – am I hitting it on the head with that? Yeah, uh, you are. And for here, here's where it's going to – these guys who take advantage of this early on, much like people who are taking advantage of NIL in the early on, enjoy it because it will change like two years from now this whole thing will look different in two years i believe so the things that people are doing now they may not be doing it in two three years from now you know you you understand because laws may change i i still don't think you're going to get a federal Everyone keeps talking about, oh, we want Congress. We want a federal uh, input to help. No, that's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. And I don't think the NCAA is going to lay down too much of a law in it until you get more presidents deciding to come in and take more of a leadership role and tell the NCAA, because the NCAA works for the college presidents, so until more presidents hear from more boosters, but wait a minute, who's who's supporting the NIL? Oh yeah, it's the boosters. So why would I shoot myself in the foot and complain to the president about NIL when our NIL deal 
is helping keep such and such at our college or bring a certain kid to our college. You see what I'm saying? So this is why the best you can do is hope that you're educating kids right. And until you start to see the tax ramification, because that honestly, Drew, I think that's where things will, will get, will get muddy. Once people start screwing up their taxes, once you start screwing up your taxes because you made X amount of money and didn't pay your taxes. Oh yeah. That's when, that's when S gets real. And all of a sudden everybody's like, Oh, well, wait a minute. We need some, we need some legislation. (laughs) Just, just like when you win on those scratch offs or, or your, or your numbers come in on the lottery and they ask you that question. Do you want us to take the taxes now? Or do you want to pay them at the end of the year? You have to know based based on your situation, what you better do. Nine times out of ten, yep. y'all go ahead, y'all go ahead and get y'all's. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be like, wait a minute, I where did where did forty percent of my money go? <laughs> You'd be like, Hey, hey. Yeah. Hey, that was a fifteen hundred dollar that was fifteen hundred dollar scratch off. Why only got eleven? All right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, let's get ready to get out of here, Drew, because the the other topic had to do more with uh, education-based bonus payments. Well, this is all we'll say. We'll go headline real quick. An article came out on ESPN just earlier in the week that said only 22 of 130 NCAA FBS-level schools say they have plans to provide allowed academic bonus payments to athletes, i.e. get paid for getting grades, right? Novel concept, right? But uh, yeah, back in August of 2020, the NCAA changed rules to allow uh, schools to pay each of their athletes up to $5,980 per year as a reward for academic performance. So obviously they note here that uh, the U S Supreme court solidified uh, that ruling, which came as a result of um, those legislate or actually see the, I'm just going to read right out the article here. So I don't mess this up. The obvious specific dollar amount was calculated during the legal proceedings because it is equal to the maximum amount of financial value an athlete can receive in one year from awards related to their uh, athletic performance, such as conference player of the year or the Heisman Trophy. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court solidified the judge's ruling with a 9-0 decision in the NCAA versus Austin case last June. So, Schools just aren't ready. It's it's money. Now, at the FBS level, Drew, I don't. You do the math. Uh, how many how many student athletes are probably at an FBS school? If you just had to guesstimate, two hundred, two two fifty, uh, two fifty three hundred. Well, All right, let's let's that, go let higher. How many? Uh, are you saying scholarship athletes or athletes in general? Because you know you. Yeah, your fresh well, and things like that. Oh, no, it says all student athletes. If you are a student athlete, 
So you're, you're probably talking that. 250 to 300. Probably talking 250 to 300. All right, so let's just say 300, right? 300 student athletes <clears throat> among all your sports. And you can give up to $5,900 for their performance for the year. I mean, you do the math on that, right? 300 performance. times 6,000. But what what's, it says for academic performance, so what qualifies as academic performance? That's that's my first question. That's a good point. That well, every I don't you know this article doesn't point that out, but yeah, every school would obviously have let's to establish. Say, let's just say three point I would imagine you probably, in order to receive an academic honors, athletic honors, you probably have to do three, right? Right, and then it kind of graduates up from there. Right. So of that 300, you probably only have maybe, what, 200? You Usually, sure. Brian, most, most athletic departments are usually about anywhere from 25% to a third of them uh, are at that, th- at that 3.0 level or above, when you talk, especially when you're talking to uh, Kim. Okay, so 330. So that's 75 if you take 25%. That's 100 if you take a third. Okay, so what? So what? So what? Wait a minute, you're the math guy. What's the number left? How many? Give me the number left 25% of 300. 75. Okay, so 225 then. So 225 times. $5,900, $5,900, right? Do the math. You're getting you're getting heavy into the six, might even be real close to seven figures, right? So yeah. at this point, schools are trying to figure out how to set up the system, but more importantly, where to get the money from, right? So now, <clears throat> spin this forward to HBCUs, right? How is this system set up for HBCUs? It's probably not, right? Because it's bad enough we talk about budgets all day, every day, and where's the money coming from? But where are you going to find $1 million, let's say, right, to take care of your student-athletes for their academic performance? Where's, where's that money? Talk about where's the money? When you talk about Division One budgets that are probably about ten million dollars for all of your your sports, adding another ten percent to the budget—is that what you're saying? Well, I mean that's what you would have to do probably in order to be able to cover this cost, right? Yeah. So I don't know how this falls in under. Uh, it's just one of those financial systems that are in place for student athletes that our schools aren't quite prepared to take advantage of. But, you know, I I just thought it was interesting that, again, you've got, I mean, what's that, 20%, less than 20% of FBS-level schools are doing, are actually taking advantage of this, and there may only be one HBCU 
that is taking advantage of this. Maybe we'll share that next week as to who that one school is. Um, just off some information that I have seen recently. I had to do a little research to see if we can uh, find out who that school is uh, or at least share with everybody who that school is. All right, Drew, uh, wrap it up. Final words uh, as we get ready to close out today's show. Uh, just looking forward to another great week of HBCU sports. It's for baseball and softball, Brian. It's a, uh, you know, you have you get a dog day of August. It's the dog days of April now for conference baseball and conference softball. You know, we're, got, we're starting to see separation everywhere, but in the act baseball, because everybody is still. Your leader is still one game above 500. Coppin is still one game above uh, Maryland Eastern Shore and Delaware. And Norfolk is still sitting in the basement. <laughs> after, after, after a weekend series, we're still in the same place. Nothing has changed. In the <laughs> but anyway, Hashtag Miakis. Uh, Hashtag Miakis. But seriously, though, you're starting to see separation in the other conferences, both on all levels, Division II, uh, NAIA, and uh, your Division I uh, baseball and softball. So this will be a critical week. Some teams will play themselves out of the race and possibly tournament bid. Other teams will still be, be around fighting for those. And uh, down at the SIAC, you basically, a couple of teams start wrapping up and know whether they'll be number one and number two seed. Uh, that being that Savannah State and Albany State in baseball, uh, Tuskegee in softball. And Albany State in softball. Those two may, uh, may start wrapping it up. All right. So that's a little something to look forward to. Hey, I uh, want to remind everybody out there, appreciate you. Uh, uh, whatever donations or contributions to the uh, to AD Slush Fund, uh, we appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, you guys were able to show them some love out there. You say Lush Again, Fund? Did you say Lush Fund, Brian? You say Lush Fund? I just messed with you. The uh, dollar sign, Coach Drew, D R E W A D. Again, you can go ahead and. Uh, you know, give a, give a man a, a little, a little, show him a little love. You know, a little love. Uh, we appreciate it. A little cup of coffee, uh, something to kind of get through the day uh, or evening tonight. Uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate your support of uh, the BCSN Sports Wrap on the Black College Sports Network. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at my BCSN One, the number one, and uh, make sure to catch up with the shows. All of our shows, part of the BCSN Pod Zone, which you can catch any and everywhere that you download and listen to podcasts. So that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, special thanks to our guest, Charles Edmond, for joining us. And for AD Drew, I'm Brian Fulford. Thanks for watching. Shout out to our producer, Roy, in the background. Uh, you guys be safe out there. Be smart. Make good decisions. And uh, that's going to do it. So you guys be good. Thanks for watching. Now, I'll holler. But you're my beast, they are hard.